got in the car and it was the craziest thing. I got my little car and turned on the car and I couldn't pull out of the parking lot. And I thought, well, what, what's wrong? Why can't I leave? What am I wrestling with right now? And what I realized I was wrestling with is I just didn't care. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Hey, welcome back to another Humanly Possible. We're here. I'm here with uh, Matt Hoffman. Kind of cool that I get to sit here and talk to a friend of mine, not just kind of cool, like really cool that I get to sit here and talk to a friend of mine. Uh, we went to high school together. And um, and so he's now a pastor, husband, father, um, and superintendent of St. Andrew, St. Andrew's Lutheran Church and School uh, just outside of uh, Chicago. This, mm-hmm. I guess you would call it a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, it's it's a it's neat. It's a it's kind of a small town feel, like thirty five thousand people. Yet uh, you can actually walk into Chicago proper in about five or ten minutes from here. So it's pretty pretty cool, kind of two worlds meeting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's so it's it's a little different than where we grew up from San Jose, California, right? Yeah, the big sprawl of uh, San Jose, California, and uh, man. I do, uh, I do miss California though. Come, come about January, February out here in Chicago. I, I think a lot about the good old days, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, anytime, uh, anytime you're out here, we love having you. Um, so I want to, I want to just kind of dive right in. You, you're, you're doing. I mean, we've kept in touch over the years, and I've just been fascinated at, at how you. Um, how you've you've built your your life and the things that you've contributed towards and how you serve others and and it's just um, it's really impressive and um, and I I'm, I'd love to just kind of share you with uh, with everyone and 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 help uh, help people understand especially right now with that, what everybody's going through um, how how people are holding holding through in all of this and as a pastor how how are you seeing um, seeing everybody come together. Yeah, it's been it's been remarkable. Um, you know, this this pandemic hit, and obviously your 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 immediate concern is just for everybody's safety and everybody's doing okay. But then um, it's been a really interesting shift for us because I think one of the things that uh, makes our congregation work is that we we get together a lot, we eat together a lot, we hang out a lot. And, um, a lot of our communication is, is more informal. So you, you just, I know I'm going to see you. And so when I see you, I'm going to talk to you, you know, it, it kind of feels like Mayberry in that way a little bit. Um, and then when that's yanked out from underneath you and, and rightly so, I mean, we're trying to make sure everybody's safe. Um, I think we, we kind of scrambled to try to figure out how do we, how do we communicate with our, our church members, with our people in the school and still make it feel authentic and still make it feel more like we're just kind of, you know, passing each other in the hallway. And, and, and we, we haven't mastered that, but we're trying to make some progress that way. You know, there, there, there's this, this, what we're through now, this pandemic and, and there's, um, there's what you've just kind of dedicated your, your life to, 
in mm-hmm. um, in in helping people to just have a place to congregate and and um, you know be able to be with a community, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is really that's the that's the piece that I get so inspired by because um, I think we all need community as humans. We all need connection. And, um, and so I'd love to know, like, what inspired you to like shift into being a pastor? Oh, that's, that's an interesting question. I I was actually studying business and communication in college. And I I think the kind of the aha moment for me, I mean, there's, there's a ton of them that you have, but one, one big um, moment where the light bulb kind of came on was, um, I was interviewing for what was going to be a dream internship that was going to lead to a, a great job. And, um, and I had every indication that I was going to get this, this internship and, and my future is going to be laid out for me. And, uh, I got in the car and it was the craziest thing. I got my, my, my little car and, and, uh, turned on the car and I couldn't pull out of the parking lot. And I thought, well, what, what's wrong? Why can't I, why can't I leave? I, I, what am I wrestling with right now? And what I realized I was wrestling with is I just didn't care. I just didn't care that I was going to get this great job. I didn't care that it was going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a good step into the business world. And so I, I sat there in my car in, in, uh, in Seattle, Washington, and just said, well, then what do I care about? You know? And, uh, and I, I don't know. I think it's all the things that we, we've, you know, experienced together. I you know you, you and I in high school were in the, the wrestling team together and, and uh, played the band together. And, and, um, you know, if you think about those times for me, I don't, I don't remember, I don't think I remember a single score of a single wrestling match, but I, I can remember every person on that team and all this, the stupid, um, nicknames we had for each other and the, the pranks we'd pull on each other and the way we'd laugh and, uh, in band. I don't think I remember, remember, I don't remember the name of a single song, but I remember laughing so hard I was crying because I was with people I cared about. And, um, and I think that's what kind of hit me in that parking lot was like, you know what, I just, I think if I can help people get that, because not everybody, not everybody gets that, um, that would be a good thing. Oh, that's so cool. I, I, I think, um, you, I mean, you have always had a, uh, that kind of nature, uh, around you to, to want to bring people together. Um, there's also a religious side to it as well. And, yeah, um, yeah. And and I'm curious about that because I know your dad was, all, you're following mm-hmm. in the footsteps of a pastor, and so, um, you know, it had it. There's while you had that in your, in your family, it was, uh, it was, you know, there's a, a belief in, um, in 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 religion, in mm-hmm. specifically in your religion, and um, and I know you've traveled around the world and 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 are mm-hmm. are doing uh when when we're not locked down, um, and. <laughs> I'm curious throughout all of that, as you're looking at, you know, the religious aspects, the community aspect, the connection aspect, um, just figuring out who you are, what kind of shifts have you seen over your career? Like what's a, what's, what are some things that maybe were unexpected that, um, and throughout all of that, throughout all that kind of like, um, tangled, I don't want to say messy hairball, but, um, that tangled, um, you know, journey. Boy, I, I love that you use messy, tangled hairball. I, lo- I love that you use that phrase because I think that's the thing I've become more comfortable with is that if you're really dealing with the lives of real people and also, um, you know, uh, taking a line from you, if you're going to, if you're going to, 
embrace your inner Fokker, as you would say. Um, That's F O C K E R. Yes, please don't let me, don't let, don't make me lose my job here. And, uh, <laughs> but if, if you're if you're going to open up your life to real community, and and you're going to let people into into you know let have people let you into theirs, it is messy because people's lives are messy. Um, there's an interesting book written by a guy named uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was uh, was a Lutheran pastor in World War II. He he actually uh, was uh, killed in a concentration camp because he had, uh, as a Lutheran pastor, it's not everybody has this on the resume. He he uh, participated in a plot to kill uh, Adolf Hitler, and it obviously, uh, you know, unfortunately didn't work. But um, he wrote a book as he's running this underground seminary, and he he, he defined community as in. Uh, we, we think of community as we want it to be a utopia. Everything's great. And I think that's the image we oftentimes present on our social media accounts and things like that. You know, like, hey, everything's awesome and perfect. But um, he said, no, real community is me feeling comfortable enough with you to tell you that I, I'm, I'm struggling and I'm messed up. And for you to tell me I love you regardless of that. And when we do that, that's kind of how we show each other how God loves us. You know, he loves us in spite of ourselves, not because we're so great, but in spite of how messed up we are. And um, so that that's kind of the, I think that's the shift that I've experienced is just being willing to embrace the messiness of it and kind of laugh at the messiness of like, you know, um, my, my staff teases me because uh, they, they say my motto is ready, fire, aim. And that's kind of, a, <laughs> that's kind of how I do a lot of things. It's, a lot of it's just kind of instinctual, but if there's a need, if someone's hurting, I don't, I don't, we don't have a plan. You just kind of go and show up and then see what happens. And, and I believe that's where you, you know, God can work in that, you know, he, he, in fact, you kind of get yourself out of the way. God can work. If I don't have my set plan, he can do what he needs to do. We just, mm. just, yeah. So. Wow. So you've dealt with um, so many different uh, uh, people. Uh, you're mm-hmm. in the people business. You're not just yes. in the God business, and uh, or maybe it's both. I guess uh, I think God, I think God's in the people business. So <laughs> God's in the people business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And so, what surprised you about um, just you know being being a part of and leading a community of people, and some of the shifts you know that you've seen at at your your church as as you've learned throughout the years what. Um, what moves people and what creates, you know, uh, uh, their own shifts, um, whether it's through you or, or for them. Right. I think the, the shifts I see are, um, there's a whole bunch obviously, but I think one of the things that strikes me lately, uh, because we're, we're, we're being forced to communicate in different ways using different medium of communication is, um, how easy it is, uh, in any environment, to get trapped up in, in transactional communication. And I think a lot of our devices lend us to that. Like, um, and, and, and like even my own wife, you know, I could send her a really beautifully flowery, wonderful, um, a text message, but a lot of times it's like, Hey, make sure you get milk uh, at the store, you know, or we're, we're running low on toilet paper or whatever it is, you know, in, in my mind, I've kind of, I've kind of delineated those two things as like, there's the, there's transformational communication. Which is usually you know face to face or in a group setting or a class or something like that, and then there's there's transactional communication. And now, right now, I feel like not not just because of COVID, but just because of everything, I feel like I need to find better ways to use what has traditionally been transactional communication to really communicate deep, heartfelt feelings, things that I'm passionate about, and um, 
And I would say, you know, like re- reading a lot of the stuff you put out, Brian, you're really good at that. Like that you have a natural knack for that. For me, um, I'm good talking in front of a group of people, but uh, I, I find the challenge to, to embrace the, the things that I kind of, I kind of dismissed almost like, oh, that's just, that's just for that kind of communication. That's just for, for when I need something or when somebody needs something for me. So I think that's, that's been one of the challenges to say, how can, how can I really try to get what's in here and send it to you via, um, via an instant messenger, via, um, you know, text message, via email, whatever it might be, you know? Mm, I like that. It's uh relational versus transactional. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it makes such a huge difference because you can feel that other person when they're coming coming toward you, where the uh, where the where the their their um, I, don't, I don't know if you want, if we would say motive, but their um, their where they're coming from makes a difference. Like you can almost like you're immediately either putting up a wall or opening up based upon that kind of that kind of thinking. Right. Exactly. And and I would say you know I I. I've, you know, you, you sent me a, a message, a message over Facebook, Facebook the other day, a Facebook messenger, you know, and I you kind of saw that and I was, I was actually in the backyard having a cigar and I, and I saw that and I was, I was, I was scrolling through and I, and I, you know, you kind of scroll through and I see some of the messages, you know, you're, you're really good at, um, reaching out relationally via these media. You know, every message I've got from the last few years is just like, you know, Hey, I, I saw this, I was thinking about your, how, how are you doing? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an open-ended question that, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 you're, you're, you're good at that. I should probably, I need to take some lessons from you. <laughs> who, who, you know, it's, who knew this whole, uh, human to human thing would actually be a thing one day. Um, <laughs> I, love I remember it. we were, uh, we were in between, maybe we we're just after college. Uh, we, we had, uh, kind of um, re- rekindled a friendship again, um, and we are taught. We're I think you're a PR major, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. And I'm a PR major as well. So we we're talking about like how how to prove public relations actually works with by passing out <laughs> yeah. PR coupons to to everyone, and they had to <laughs> turn, right. turn a PR coupon in in order for us to uh, be able to measure it because it's like an unmeasurable action. Um, it's so it's so, it's so hard to sell. It's so hard to sell the the product, you know. And, and uh, I thought, yeah, if, every time you have a good feeling about my organization, if you could just wave this little piece of paper, I'd really appreciate that. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the idea never took off, Brian. I don't know why. I thought we I thought we were onto something. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe we should have just stuck with that. Um, we'd be in a different place. But um, I, you know, I'm I'm also curious how. Um, how do you uh, show up? Um, what shifts do you need to make in your life to show up for your congregation? Um, how you know? Because it's you're you know you're you're a pastor, but you're also a, a dad and a mm-hmm. family member, and 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 you're you're you've got all these people that are like also looking to you for leadership. Um, and so, how do you maintain the balance and and shift between personal life and and because you live right there, right near your church, and so your your life yeah. is your is your church? Is that right? Yeah, I live about a half mile away from my church, um, and and we actually we you know we have some we have some the house owns a the, the church owns a house right next to the campus that I lived in for about a year and a half, and and uh, I, I prefer to live at least a half mile away from where I work. But it you know how it goes, man. It's difficult, and uh, and like you, uh, I have a wife who's also professional and, and has her own career, and um, there's there's some real challenges involved with. Uh, with trying to trying to um, carve out that time, 
but also carve out time for people. And I think um, I read I read two statistics that that kind of shifted how I thought about cordoning off my time. And they're, they're both from a few years ago in, in the, the National Kind of General Social Survey. Uh, the, it's two very similar questions, and, and the answer is kind of one goes deeper than the other. But the first question they ask is, do you have anybody with whom you can discuss things that are important to you? And um, so that's just period. And, uh, and one quarter of Americans said no. So imagine going through this right now. If one, and one quarter of Americans don't have anybody they can discuss what's going on in their lives. The next one gets a little deeper. It's, a, it's the same question with a little added bonus on it. It says, do you have anybody with whom you can discuss things that are important to you outside of your immediate family? So that this is where it gets really interesting. Outside of people's immediate family, um, there is uh, 53% at that time said no. So over half. So if it's, just, it's not, your, it's not your, your mom or dad or your wife or your kids. And, you know, and that, that, was, that was startling to me. So I think to me that I really started to do more work uh, off campus, I started to just try to be in positions where I was with people. So I write most of my sermons at um, either a coffee shop or there's actually a place called Beer on the Wall, and they have like really good craft beers. And so um, I'll go and, and have a have a beer or a coffee and do some work. Um, and and just the relationships that get forged just by being at a place over and over again are super important. Um, I've also tried to check myself as far as scheduling like when I'm home. So when I'm home, I'm home and I'm, I'm, you know, if there's an emergency, I'll be there, but if it's not an emergency, I'll get it the next day. It's fine. Um, that being said, I've also allowed myself. And I think these little God moments when I'm walking someplace, if somebody stops, my, my mind is, is this one of those 25 people, the 25% of the public that doesn't have anybody to talk to and they see me and they see me as someone they can talk to, you know, maybe it's okay if I'm 10 minutes late to that next meeting. If I can just just stop and talk and put my bag down and and uh, that's been it's been amazing when you're open to that. Um, and I'd say I would say whether you're religious or not, if you're open to that, it is amazing how transformative some of those relationships become. I love that. I love that. I, I love uh, it's okay to be late. Yeah, because uh, so you know so often, I, and I'm 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 a <laughs> I'm constantly like oh. No, no. I'm gonna. If I'm late, this is this is not uh this is not gonna be good. But the the meaning behind it and what you're saying is so true. Um, yeah. So I I I I'd also wanna um I wanted to dive into um what you think we need now. Um, what everyone is what not that you're gonna um uh have the answer to to life, but um what is the what is what do you think the essence is as we're as we're we get into it like recessions and then we get into depressions and we get into now um one of the greatest recession depression eras mm-hmm. of our time um what do you think what do you think humans need now what are the, what are they craving I, I know my own house and the people I talk to are are simply are are, are learning to value human interaction and and learning to value being with people they care about. So I think people realize they need relationship. When I go for a walk in my neighborhood or I go for a run or whatever, um, what I've, what I've made a habit to do, whether I get my mask on or if I'm running, I'm across the street, maybe I don't have it on or whatever. But, um, if I see somebody, I always say hi. I always like, like awkwardly, Brian, like, Hey, Hey, 
you doing okay? You know, and uh, everybody responds favorably. And I, I think that's just what people need because what I find is that we're, we're kind of nervous around each other. We want that human interaction, but we're, we're not sure. Like, I'm not sure how comfortable you are in this situation. You're not sure how comfortable I am. And we got these masks, so we're, we're missing about three quarters of our nonverbal communication. And, um, but yet we, we're dying for this. We really need this. And so I think what people need is just, just someone to be bold and initiate conversation and just initiate. It doesn't have to be long, you know, drawn out conversation, but someone to just to notice you, you know, make eye contact with you. I, I think, and, and I, I know it's overly simplified and, and boy, I wish I could solve the economy and everything else. But um, if we're heading into difficult times and we need that, we need those human relationships and people that we know, um, that we know we can talk to people that we know already care about us. You know, it, it, it reminds me that we're all, um, we're all, A, we're not all alone. No one's alone. And mm -hmm. B, there's so much there to be had in terms of conversation. What, what are you recommending? Um, how are you, uh, saying like, you know, there, there, to, to be in this, uh, to be like, you know what I mean by that? Like, how, how are you, how are you, how are you suggesting and, and leading your, your congregation to, to withstand this, to, to create from this? Yeah, I, I, I would say, um, I have tried hard to be super honest. And if I'm having a tough day, um, I will say it. And, uh, in, I'm a really positive guy and, uh, and that, that comes across. And so if I, if I let you know that I'm, I'm struggling today, there's some people that, that almost kind of freak out about that. Like, like you're not, you're not allowed to have a tough day. You know, who, who let you have a tough day? But I want you, I want you to know that because when you have a tough day, I don't want you to think there's something wrong with you. But if I'm also having a good day, I'm going to let you know that too. And, and also, so I think there's, there's a, there's an increased need for vulnerability right now. Increased need to just to say, uh, man, we're going to, we're going to be running the whole gamut of human experience. And, um, even as we're, you know, coming out of this a little bit, there's going to be a need for a lot of patience and a lot of understanding with each other, you know, because everybody has a different, um, tolerance for risk or a different sense of, of what they'll be able to do or not be able to do. And the last thing we need is to say, well, I, I got this figured out and this is what we're doing. This is the right way to go. But I think the, the best thing is to say there's some vulnerability. I, I'm, I'm open to criticism. And if you criticize me, chances are you, there's probably some real truth to what you're saying. But, um, but you know, I, since I've been honest with you and since I've been forthright, if I think this is the best way to go, you know that I mean that from the heart too. And, and I love you and we're, I'm not going to try to do anything that's the wrong thing. And, and so... I think there's just an increased need for vulnerability and understanding. And if I give you vulnerability and you give me back understanding, then we're on a whole different relationship level. You know, um, if I give you vulnerability and you say, man, you're a moron. Well, okay, well, there's that, you know, um, if I don't give you vulnerability, you're never going to know if I'm being honest with you. So I think that's, that's part of the leading through this, this time is to, for the leaders to be human and to, and to admit when we mess up and admit, admit when we're not sure. Mm. And those all, all things that are really difficult for leaders to do, at least lead hard for me to do. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I'd say you just took us to church, but you're in a church. So, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. For anyone listening, he's got just listening. He's he's actually sitting in the auditorium of the church, and he's got the whole whole beautiful background, um, stained glass, all wooden mm-hmm. ceilings. Really cool. Really cool. So, Matt, thank you so much. And I, I talked to you on all day. There's so many different awesome facets about what you what you do and what you bring to your life and and um thanks for sharing your your uh your thoughts with everybody here and we're looking forward to uh hearing and seeing more from you hey brother i really appreciate it and it was it's just great to talk with you and uh, blessings to your family and uh and uh, yeah hoping we'll talk again sometime soon oh yeah Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.